uh, yesterday's Pasha, the discussion of the Kansipur, and that's Kiseitse. those two psukim in Kisitse that is just before Shlishi which is chapter 22 verse 6 now I use magic markers <laughs> Deuteronomy 22 verse 6 Ki Kansipur and you'll see that the structure of these two verses is the typical biblical structure of an inclusio, which means you start with A, you go to B, Kiyikare. You say verse 6, Kiyikare Kansipur. So that if you look at these two verses, you can. Chapter 22, verse 6. That's just before Shlishi. Yeah. See, he uses, he doesn't respect the chapters mm-hmm. because they came from yeah. page 971. Oh, thank you. Okay, so ki yukari polifonecho, if a bird's nest appears for you on the way, bechol eitz, and look how he does this. Bechol eitz, o al ha'oretz. Efrochim, o beitzim. So it's, whether it's on the tree or on the ground, whether it is chicks or eggs, okay? Mm-hmm. So we have three O's. Do you see that? In the, in the tree or on the ground. Mm-hmm. Whether it's chicks or it's eggs. And the mother is hovering over the chicks or the eggs. That's the, that's the first part. Lotikach ha'emalabonim is the second part, because there's the verb, the command. Don't take the mother with the child. Leave out the next part. Ve'et habanim tikach loch. But you can take the little ones. So the word tik, tikach and tikach parallel each other. And lastly, leman yitav So we have here a, which is if... A kansipor appears to you on the on the way, right? B v'ha'aim the mother is doing this. C lo tikach you shouldn't. The punchline of the whole pericope is not lo tikach ha'aim alabonim, but shaleach to shalach. That's the punchline. Then we go back et ha'aim which parallels lo tikach ha'aim. Which parallels lo tikach. And then the proscript, Laman Yitav Loch, it will be good for you. What I'm saying is that it's like a sandwich. Mm-hmm. So the outer sandwiches are the first and the last, A and A1. 
Then comes v'ha'em rovetzes, that's B and B1. B is lotikach ha'em, B1 is t'shalach ha'em. And then the punchline turns out to be shaleach t'shalach, you shall surely send, not the mitzvah of breaking, not taking the mother over the children. Whereas, if I read it sequentially, the whole purpose of this is l'man yitavloch, the last. So if I read sequentially, the last verse is always the high point. If I read it chiastically, like a sandwich, it's the peanut butter in the middle, not the jam on the outside or the bread on the outside of that. Okay. Now, this, this mitzvah of Kikari has it's, it's brought in Gemara and Chulin of what it means and what it doesn't mean. However, however, this mitzvah is brought in a Gemara in a very strange way about davening. The Gemara says, based on the Mishnah, the, the Mishnah says, Someone who says, well, stopping, he's so filled with the love of God that he says, God, you are so merciful that your mercies extend even to the bird's nest. Right? Or he says, May your name be mentioned only for good. Or he says, Modim, Modim, oh, Modim. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The Mishnah says, Meshatkin or so. You shut him up. Mishnah doesn't say why. So the Gemara says, Bishlamo, Modim, Modim. I understand why if you say, Modim, Modim. You're saying two modims. It could be you're going modim to you and modim to you. So that is, you shut him up. Why? He could be davening to some kind of Persian Eastern mystery religion in which there's a good God and a bad God, a Gnostic God, Yaldabar, right? And the good God that's beyond us. I can also understand why the Mishnah says, May your name be mentioned only for good. Why? Because it only implies that I will pray for you and I will mention you if you do good things to me. But we know in another Mishnah in Daf Nun Dalad, God is not there to suit yours. You have to bless him whether good things happening to you or bad things happening to you. So we understand that philosophically that Gemara says. But this Kansipur business Al Kansipo Yagirachamecha, my Tama, what's the reason? Al Kansipo Yagirachamecha. That the bird, you, you, that, that someone, why should, I, why should I shut someone up from saying, God, you are so merciful that your mercies even extend to those little chicksies? Or maybe to the mother, that she shouldn't see her children being taken whilst she's suffering. So the answer is, by the way, the Zoya says, what happened to that mother? Once she had flown away, what does the mother do? Comes back. And what does she see? Nothing. An empty nest. <laughs> An empty nest. Some of us are in mourning this morning. An empty nest. So you know what the Zoya says she does? Because she isn't just merely that particular animal that we're talking about in the Torah. It cannot mean just that. The Torah has multiple levels. So the mother is the Shekhinah. 
And who are her children? Us, in Golis. Or disconnected from our gods. So when we are disconnected, this week's been a really disconnecting week, what happens to us? The Mamala comes back and sees the empty nest. And the Zoya says she is so bereft with, with grief, she flies out over the ocean and dashes herself on a rock and commits suicide. Unbelievable Zoya. You think that she... she there was a, a movement called the Death of God Theology. Thomas Althusser in the 70s. I, I followed it very closely. The, the, the closest Jewish theologian was Richard Rubinstein after Auschwitz. You know, she commits suicide. The Shekhinah commits suicide. That, that is the implication of that Zoya. It is such a radical Zoya, you want to, like, cry, you know. She commits suicide. So the Gemara says... In Eretz Yisrael, there were two Amoraim who argued about what the reason was that for Al-Khan Sipor, you have to shut him up. Rabbi Yossi bar Ovin and Rabbi Yossi bar Zvida. Both names were Rabbi Yossi. Chadomar, If you start saying, Oh God, your mercies extend even to a bird's nest, so you're going to cause jealousy among all the creatures. Meaning, it's only to the birds he likes. He's favoritizing the birds. And what about us giraffes? Or what about us uh, hens uh, or, or, or other species? Meaning, he, you are, and, and, and Rashi says, you are suggesting that God's mercy is only on birds, but he has no mercy on other creatures. So Rashi takes it up a peg. It's not that the creatures are arguing or getting upset. You are intimating in your false philosophy that God is selective about who he gives mercy to. Okay, that's one. The other one says, now this is the punchline that I want to discuss. He makes out God to be merciful or he makes the mitzvahs of God into acts of mercy that is the, the Tariag mitzvahs that we are doing he is telling us oh God your mitzvahs are so fantastic <coughs> that, that, that they are so merciful we, we shut him up because they are only decrees meaning that the commandments are not based on God's mercy God issues his decrees in order to provide us the ability to surrender to him as a higher power, not for us to judge his mitzvahs and say, ooh, this one's merciful, ooh, this one's merciful. That is, we should even submit to those decrees that appear to, open, to challenge us. So, and the Rambam does say that. In the Rambam's view of this Gemara, there is no reason for the mitzvahs other than the unknowable will of God. Leibowitz. That's Leibowitz's position, right? Yeshayahu Leibowitz says, Ani I am commanded. That's the only reason 
Because if I started thinking about the mitzvahs, oh, I, I, or scholarship and modern scholarships told us this was the reason and this was the reason and you know this was why they did this in the ancient era. No, I've got to get rid of that. I'm too clever. How's that different than Sefer Achinuch, who tries to give reasons? Ah, so so the Rambam says it's just the inscrutable divine will. However, the Ramban says completely different, and the Sefer Achinuch is based on his Talmud. According to him, what the Gemara objects to is the implication that the reason for this mitzvah is God's compassion for birds. Whereas in truth, God gave us this mitzvah not out of compassion for birds, but to instill in us the quality of mercy. So God, therefore, gives the mitzvahs to the Jewish people so that they can change their character and shape themselves into true servants of God through their observance of mitzvahs. Difference between the Rambam and the Ramban is a critical difference in Tameha Mitzvot based on this Gemara. Okay, now let's go into Anger World. There was a man, and his name was Elisha ben Avuya. There were four who went into the mystical paradise. Paradise. One was Rabbi Akiva, Nichnas Bishalom, Yatsu Bishalom. Well, I, in my essay, I wrote Yatsu Bishalom. What happened to Rabbi Akiva? He was nailed to the cross and splayed by his skins. Mm-hmm. What kind of Yotzeb B'Sholem is that? But anyway, the Gemara says he was Yotzeb B'Sholem. He came out. Ben Azai? What happened to him? He went mad. Ben Zoma? Committed suicide. The fourth one was Elisha Ben Avuya. He became an Apikoros. He went inside, he looked into the garden, something snapped, not emotionally, he didn't go crazy, but he no longer believed in the din and dayan. Let din but let dayan. There's no judge and there's no justice. And I wanted to suggest that anyone who went through the Holocaust has to be treated very carefully. What did, what did Elisha ben Avuya see? I want to suggest that I'd like to bring another medrash of what he saw. One day he was sitting in Tiberias and he was sitting by a tree. And he saw that someone climbed the palm tree and uh, he wanted to grab some eggs. So he didn't shoo the mother bird away, he just grabbed the eggs in front of the mother. And he came down and Yatsubishalom, he went home. That night, he was sitting learning by the tree. He was learning. So this was before he went off the dera. He was learning by the tree. And someone went up the tree again. This time he shooed away the mother's bird. Did the mitzvah. Took the eggs and on his way down a serpent stung him and he died. A different medrash said, not, he didn't just do that. He told his son to go up and shoo the mother away, the mother bird. And the two mitzvahs in the Torah that says Laman Yarich and Yomecha is Kibudov Aim, mm-hmm. honoring parents, and shooing away the mother bird. Elisha ben Avuya is sitting there watching the father tell the son, go up, shoo away the mother bird, and, and bring the eggs down. And on his way down, he fell and broke his neck. When Elisha ben Avuya sees that, he becomes an Apikoros. And, and the Medrash says, because he had not heard the, dro- the drush of Rabbi Akiva, 
Rabbi Akiva was doyresh, leman yitzab lecho, leman yarichud yomecho. It doesn't mean this world, it means the next world. What's going on here? He became an apikurus because he was being doyresh Torah, literally. So, so, but there were there were five different communities interpreting Torah in different ways in the first century: the Damascus document sect, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls sect, the Essenes, the Tzedukim, and the Perushim. Each one, Elisha ben Avuya, until until it, it, it appears that he wasn't aware of Rabbi Akiva's being Doirish Kola Torah differently. Rabbi Akiva is Doirish Torah in a different way. According to Rabbi Akiva, cannot be taken literally because the kid went up the tree and fell down, broke his neck, and died. So Rabbi Akiva is the revolutionary. It's Rabbi Akiva who's being doyresh Torah, lo kafit shuto shel Torah. It's Rabbi Akiva who is. Now remember, who is the Talmud of Rabbi Akiva? Elisha ben Who's the Talmud of Elisha ben Amuya? Rabbi Meir. So we're not talking about people in different ends of the world. We're talking about one base medrash. He hadn't, or didn't want to, accept Rabbi Akiva's doyresh Torah lo pshuto. He wanted to take it literally. It says in the Passover, you will live long. The kid broke his neck. Finished. Game over. Let din, let die. So I wanted to suggest that the four that went into the Pardes were the four that went into the understanding of what Torah is and how we must interpret it. Yeah, of course it means they looked into the mystical whatever, but for me, the, the, the difference between Rabbi Akiva and Elisha ben Avuya is precisely how do I read text? How am I doyresh Torah? Do I read Torah literally? Or must I, according to Rabbi Akiva, read it metaphorically? What happens to the two of them? Their lives represent the text that they are studying. Rabbi Akiva is taking it non-literally. It's not about this world. So when it comes to flaying his skin, and he's sitting on the cross, what do his pupils say to him? Ad Khan. Which means, this far? This far? Right? And, and Rabbi Akiva is saying, all my days I wanted to wait for the opportunity. How am I going to serve God with all my heart? I feel even if they take my heart. So the pupils are saying, what, you mean that literally, Ad Khan? And the Piyasetzna in the Warsaw Ghetto says as follows, Ad Khan doesn't mean even this far. He's in the Holocaust. He's seeing his, his wife was killed, his son-in-law was killed, everyone around him was killed, right? And within a year, he would be transported to Theresienstadt. And he writes on Ad Khan, Rebbe, show us how to connect to the Rebbe Shalom even when you're being nailed to the cross. Ad Khan, that's what he's done. What happened to Elisha ben Avuya? Rabbi Meir never gave up on him. Rabbi Meir still went to study. And they, there's a story in the Gemara that it was Shabbos. Rabbi Elisha ben Avir was on his camel, walking, riding his camel on Shabbos. Rabbi Meir is still learning Torah from him. Still learning Torah. Now, how do I know that Elisha ben Avir is still a good guy? When they come to the Tchum, Elisha ben Avir says, 
Ad Khan. Telling Rabbi Meir, who's so engrossed in learning, you can't walk any further. I can go. I'm in a camel. I'm, I don't keep. I'm not. I, I don't keep Torah mitzvahs anymore. Let dim let dayan. But you must turn back. So Rabbi Meir says to him, maybe, maybe, maybe you can come back with me. Maybe you can. And Elisha ben Avuya says, no. I heard upstairs. Shuvu bonim shovavim. The Pasuk in Choshea. Everyone can return to the Ebishter. Chutz except him. Mm. And Rabbi Meir doesn't accept that. And the Chesidish Rebbeim said, Chutz doesn't mean except from him. No, even Acher, who is Chutz. <laughs> but what I wanted to suggest is that their lives, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Meir, Elisha ben Avuya, represent the very text they were being Torah and the method that they were being reading Torah is reflected in their biography and that's what we must learn our biographies are our texts the only question is how are you Torah your biography we're told be careful don't go don't, don't express it this is your biography. Let Din Veledayan, or Rabbi Meir Adkan, Rabbi, Meir, Rabbi Akiva, his pupils are saying, Adkan, teach us even when times are bad and you're nailed to the cross, how to connect to the Rabbi Shimon.